take your Bible and look in Proverbs chapter 11. Proverbs chapter 11. And look in verse 30. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 30. Now, we understand it, and you need to understand that this, it is fruit that is so important between a man and a woman. It was the way God designed it in the Garden of Eden. But there's also something else he mentioned here in verse 30. The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life. He that winneth souls is wise. So I know when he's talking about the fruit of the righteous, a tree of life, is talking about soul winning. So here you are, you've trusted Christ as your Savior. You have eternal life. Do you believe that God wants you to have fruit? Remember, Christ is the bridegroom. We're the bride. And we're supposed to have spiritual fruit because of our union with the Lord. And so, therefore, God wants us to have fruit. Yes, God wants you to sit around and study the Bible. And, yes, he wants, you to, he wants you to pray. And, yes, he wants you to treat your neighbor right. Yes, he wants you to pay your bills. Yeah, he wants you to work hard and be a good example. But he also expects us to win souls. Now, if you can't see that, you've got a problem. You can, we got married, but all we do is hold hands. You've got a problem. Marriage is more than just sitting around holding hands and eating oatmeal in the morning and, you know, eggs later on or toast and so on. There's more to marriage than that. And if you don't know what it is, I got second door on the right. Come and see me. I might need to give you a little counseling. But it's so important because God's word says the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life. Uh, look there with me in Mark chapter 4. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4 and look in verse 7. There's an illustration here of the parable of the sower. He went forth to sow. And so he says here in verse 3, Hearken, behold, there went out a sower to sow. That sounds good. And it came to pass as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and the fowl of the air came and devoured it up. Some fell on stony ground, where it had not much earth. And immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. Some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no fruit. Well, what, what did he expect? Is that what he's after? He's after fruit. You sow the seed because you want something to grow from that which you sowed. You want fruit to come from it. You expect fruit. All farmers expect fruit. You have fruit trees. Everything reproduces after its own kind. So God wants there to be fruit. And the reason he sowed the seed, and some of it didn't have any fruit because, well, there were thorns. There were briars. Stony ground. In other words, there was something that kept it from growing and becoming strong. All right? Here you are. He's telling this, but he's telling it for a reason. There's a point to be made. 
If you are not a soul winner, in other words, if you don't pass out tracts and you don't talk to anybody about the Lord, you just, you just don't do it. You know you should, you just don't do it. Is it because his word fell on stony ground? You have a hard heart. You don't really care. People are going to die and they're going to go to hell and you really don't care. There's a lot of Christians like that just don't care. As long as they got their own little pinkies inside the pearly gate, they're satisfying. But he says something come up and chokes it. I'll never forget the day. It was out in Colorado. This was an old farmhouse. I mean, really old. My son Eddie was born there. And uh, we had a couple that was stayed at the house with us for a little while. Marvin Donna Jansen. And he worked on our buses so we could get the bus ministry going later. But anyway, he had, he had a wife. And sometime she would start like she couldn't get her breath. And I, I thought she was going to die. And so I, I watched, and all of a sudden, Marv Jansen, he went and got a paper sack and put it over her head. Now, I thought, he's trying to kill his wife. I said, what are you, what are you doing? I said, why did you put that sack over your, the wife of your head, or the head of your wife? He said, because she hyperventilates. I have no clue. What's hyperventilate? I don't know what that is. I said, what are you talking about? He said, she's getting too much oxygen. I said, what are you going to do? Cut off the oxygen so she don't get as much oxygen. I said, then why don't you just choke her? <laughs> but I didn't understand why he was putting a sack over her head. Anybody ever heard of that before? Raise your hand. I can't, I can't believe that. Y'all, oh, boy. I thought I'd seen something nothing, nobody's ever seen before. And said so it, it, it slowed down So because she was getting too much. I never heard anybody getting too much oxygen. I've heard about getting, not getting enough, you know, when you can't breathe at all. So he, I, thought he's, I, I thought he was over there with a sack. He put this paper sack overhead, and I thought he was gonna, he's, trying to, he's trying to kill her. And he was trying to save her life. And I, I, come, I come this close. Of, of, of stopping what he was doing. But he explained it very quickly. <laughs> I thought, still, he just choked her. All I got to do is squeeze his neck. Maybe this. But there's things that comes up and it, it chokes you where you don't have life. And a good sign that you have some life is that you have some fruit. And God wants us to bear fruit. Look in verse 8. And other fell on good ground and did yield fruit that sprang up and increased and brought forth some 30, some 60, and some a hundredfold. So there is some fruit that came from some of the seed because of where it fell on good ground. Now, if you're not bearing fruit, doesn't that bother you? It should bother you that it doesn't bother you. It should bother you that it doesn't bother you. Because you know that you should have, you should have some fruit. You want people to, to know the Lord and to trust Him. Take your Bible, look in John chapter 4. The Gospel of John. John chapter 4. And look there in verse 36. Verse 36. Now Jesus had gone to see the woman at the well. She'd been married five times. She was living with a man that wasn't her husband. So um, she would have fit right in today. She would not have stood out at all. 
And she probably would have to go to the well alone. The whole, the whole city would be there. But anyway, they asked the question about, you know, hey, the disciples came back and says, um, you got anything to eat? He said, I have meat to eat that you know not of. Because they had gone into town to McDonald's and they got him a hamburger and, and uh, they, they got something to eat. But Jesus went and talked to this woman at the well. And um, she went into the city and told all the men what she had heard. And they came out. Now Jesus is talking to his disciples. And he says in verse 34, he says, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. In other words, that which really satisfies me. You see, the meat that satisfies is doing the will of God. Are you doing with your life what God wants you to do? And if you don't, nothing's going to satisfy you. Nothing's going to satisfy anybody. You see, it's not how much knowledge you know. It's what are you doing with what you know. Well, I like to eat some meat. Oh, that means you can really understand and you have real good discernment. Yeah, how's your soul winning life? If it's not very good, you're not deep. And you couldn't handle meat if they gave it to you. This is the most important thing you can ever understand after you trust Christ as your Savior. The power of reproduction. How to get other people to trust Christ as Savior. If all I knew in the Bible was John 3, 16, Ephesians 2, 8, 9, 1 John 5, 13, and the wallet illustration, I'm set. Buddy, I can do a awful lot with just that amount of knowledge and that one good little illustration. And I bet I can win a lot of people to Christ and have. But now notice what he says. In verse 35, say not ye, there yet four months, and then cometh harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes, look on the fields, for they're white already to harvest. And get verse 36. And he that reapeth receiveth wages. In other words, this is a guarantee God is not only going to bless, he's going to pay you wages for being a soul winner. God will pay you. I did this one time in church. I, it was one of our camps that I had. I said, some of y'all have no desire to win people to Christ. And I can't make you. I said, but here's what I'll do. If you're just for this motive. And the motive is not a good motive. I said, but it's a motive. If I paid you $1,000 for every person you won to Christ, how many of you would feel that God is leading you into full-time Christian work? Let me see your hand. Man, kids all over the place. If I paid you $1,000 for every person you led to Christ, you'd be surprised how many of you would all of a sudden feel, I think God's calling me full time. <laughs> now, I know it's not the money. But what if it was something better than that? God's going to pay you wages. Do you think God's going to pay you very well for winning people to Christ that he went to the cross and died for? Christ died for them, and you go and tell them, Lord, I'm doing this for you, and God knows that. Because maybe you don't love that person, but he does. He died for them. You didn't die for him. But because of what he did for you, I'll do this for you. And you tell people, and you give your life telling people how to have eternal life because of what he did for you. And you don't want people to go to hell. I never decided to serve the Lord because I just want to get close to God. I didn't. I didn't want to just, just know the word. No, I didn't want people to go to hell. He said, that's not a good motive. That's a good motive. 
It's the best motive. You know why I trusted Christ as my Savior? So that I wouldn't go to hell. Because after my father-in-law explained it to me, I knew that's where I'm headed. And I didn't want to go to hell. And it wasn't because I loved God. I didn't love God. I didn't know God. And I didn't love Christians. I didn't know there were any. I just didn't want to go to hell. And if this is what I've got to do, if I have to trust Christ as my Savior to keep him going to hell, I'll do it. And it made sense to me. And if that was good enough for me, that can motivate me and nothing else. A lot of people just want to see just how close can I get to God. You become a soul winner and you'll get close to God. Winning people to Christ, that will motivate you to want to study the Bible and get answers. That will motivate you to depend upon the Holy Spirit and to pray for people. You see, fruit is the key. You take that away, then why do anything? That's what it's all about. Getting more fruit. Getting people to trust Christ as their Savior. And get what he says here in verse 36. And gathereth fruit on the life eternal. In other words, the people that you win to Christ get eternal life. It's work that can never be undone. Work that can, you can never lose. Because there's nobody that I've ever led to Christ that have been unsaved, unborn, lost again. Because once you win a man to Christ, he's God's child forever and has eternal life forever. It's the greatest thing you can ever do. Look in John 15, verse 2. John 15. The story that Jesus tells about my husband, husbandman, who is the father. He said, I'm the true vine. And every branch in me that beareth not fruit. He's going to do something with it. It says he taketh their way. Every branch that beareth fruit, verse 2, he purges it that it may bring forth more fruit. What's God after? He's talking about his children. And something that he wants more than anything else. Christ died for the world. And the most important thing is that God wants the world to hear it, to know it. So he sends us into the world to preach the gospel so that all of these people could hear it and understand it. And he wants us to be fruitful. He wants us to multiply. Because the people we win to Christ is fruit that lasts forever. And he's going to pay you wages to do it. You put God first. And God will take care of everything else. Did you know a lot of people won't put that first and they'll struggle in every area of their life, all their life, and they'll never get to the soul winning. But you put that first and you'll be amazed at how God will take care of all these other things that you've got to spend your life trying to figure out what to do. You'll become so entangled with the affairs of this life that you can't please him who has called you to be a soldier. And you'll have this debt and that debt and these bills and all this here. Everything can go wrong. You'd be surprised what can happen to you because you disobey God. And I'm not talking. It's no game. I'm, tell, I'm telling you straight. I'm not going to lie to you. I don't tiptoe through the tithers. I want to be honest with you. I believe every child of God ought to have a burden to win souls. And I'm not talking about where you come down to the front and you pray and cry, God, give me a burden for souls. No, forget all that. 
All you have to do is accept the responsibility God's already given. And you'll have a burden. Go ahead and do what God says to do. Sometimes in fear and trembling. Start carrying tracks and leaving them around. Just keep sowing the seed. You don't know what's going to grow. See, you don't have to worry about whether or not the fruit comes. You just sow the seed. God will take care of the rest. Just keep sowing the seeds. Here in John chapter 15, look what he says there in verse 15. Uh, verse 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. You want to, I just want to abide in the Lord. Okay, well, that means you're going to have some fruit. That's what he says. Christ says, follow me and I'll make you a fisher of what? Amen. So if you're not fishing, you're not following. I didn't write it, I'm just telling you. If you don't do it, you have to figure out how to answer to God. Because one day you will give an account to God for your reasons. Whatever your reasons are. It won't matter if the preacher likes it or don't like it. Think it's good or bad. It won't matter what I think. You and I are going to have to answer to God for what we did and why we didn't do something. Truth? Telling you straight. I would love to see every person at Calvary Community Church. Love souls. And maybe you don't win everybody, but you might win somebody. But at least you sow seeds. This is why we just took on the missionary, Charlie Bing. Because we want somebody over there in India and Africa and some of these countries. Since we can't go, it'll be fruit that will abound to our account. So we, you may go to work and you make money and you give it, you give to missions you get on the radio so we can get the gospel out. Or, and I, we got those three people sitting right here because of the Internet, right? You've been listening to on the Internet. You have anyway. She walks up to me and she says, are you the pastor? I thought you haven't been watching. <laughs> Didn't I say that to you? <laughs> so you see, it pays. There's people that do not know the truth. They don't know the gospel. And it's so important for us to tell them. So he makes a statement there in verse 8. Herein is my Father glorified. I just want to glorify the Lord. Okay, now here's a way to glorify the Lord. That you bear much fruit. So shall you be my disciple. Now see, you don't do that to go to heaven. Going to heaven is free. That's the gift of God. But after you trust Christ as Savior, it is the will of God that we do these things. Look in verse 16. Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that ye should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain. Because, see, this is eternal fruit. You go out here and pick an apple off the tree and it can rot in a few days. You can go get some corn and leave it out for a while and see what happens to it. I don't care what kind of fruit it is. Even the fruit of the womb... We all get old and die, don't we? But there's fruit that can last forever. I'm looking forward to the day when I get to heaven and see how many people have heard the gospel through my lips. But I know it wasn't because of my ability alone or talent or anything like that. It's because there were people who made it possible to get me on the radio or the internet, whatever. But we all work together in the sense that we do it because we want people to hear the gospel. By your faithfulness, by your giving, by the support of the ministries, there is going to be fruit that's going to be put to your account. 
and I want God's blessings upon you. And so he says that fruit should remain. It is so very important. I want you to look now in Romans in chapter 7. Romans chapter 7. Before I close it up here. Romans chapter 7. There's a verse here that talks about when a woman is married to a man and she wants to be free of him. Uh, she's supposed to wait till he dies. When he dies, then she's free to go marry somebody else. So he says in verse 2, For the woman which hath a husband, bound by the law to her husband, as long as he lives. But if the husband is dead, she's free or loose from the law of her husband. You know, he can't tell her what to do anymore. Why? Be he's dead. So in verse 3, So then if while her husband liveth, she be married to another man, she shall be called an adulteress. But if her husband is dead, she's free from that law, so that she is not an adulteress, though she be married to another man. Wherefore, my brethren, ye also are become dead to the law by the body of Christ, that ye should be married to another, specifically to him who is raised from the dead, that we should bring forth, and you ought to underline it, fruit unto God. You see, when I was a lost man... I couldn't serve God. I wasn't his child. I had problems yielding to the flesh. Once I trusted Christ as my Savior, God gave me a new birth. I'm now his child. Now as his child, I'm supposed to study the Word of God, and the Word of God is the seeds of God. These are seeds that we plant so that when a man is born, again, he's born by the incorruptible Word or seed of God. So we have a spiritual birth. So God says that, like he's mentioned right here, we should bring forth fruit unto God. And then, as you read this and you put it together, which I don't have time to do at this time, but there's a bonding between us and the Lord. And the closer you get to the Lord and abide in the Lord, and the more precious God means to you, the more precious people mean to you. And then you understand the destinies of individuals. Then you want to do everything that you possibly can to try to reach them. This is why we want to start a Bible college. I want to teach people how to do what I'm talking about. Not everybody does this. Not all churches are the same. And therefore, I have, I got a lot of vision, a lot of dreams. But I need a lot of workers, a lot of help. Because you can't do it alone. But I want everybody on the same page. I want you to know what's driving it, what's motivating. Because I realize that I'm getting older. And my time is going to be spent one of these days. I want to do what I can while I can. I want to get as much fruit as I can. Don't that make sense? Do it while we can. Look up here. This hand represents you and me. Now, if you don't know how to do this, you go home and get in front of the mirror and see if you can lead yourself to Christ. If you can't, you stay at it till you do. This is you and me. This is sin. We all have sin on us. God loves us, hates our sin. For us to pay for it, death and hell. Eternal separation from God. To go to heaven, we have to be perfect, as righteous as God, and none of us are perfect. None of us are righteous. We have all come short of God's perfection. Nobody can save themselves because God says it's not of works. You don't have to go to church to go to heaven. You don't have to give money or pray through or hang on. 
All you have to do is one thing. This hand represents Jesus Christ. He's the Lord God in the flesh. He came into the world because he loves us. Hates our sin because it separates us from him. So Jesus Christ, who had no sin, didn't have to die. He took all of our sins, paid for it on the cross, came back from the dead and said that if we would believe he did it for us, he would put this payment to our account and we get to go to heaven on what he did. That's the best news in the world. And it has all the content of the gospel that a lost man needs to hear. He's a sinner. He sinned. He's condemned. Needs to be perfect and he's not. He can't save himself. But Jesus Christ loves him. Paid for his sins. Came back from the dead. And promises eternal life to whoever would believe he did it for them. You see... 52 years ago, I believe Christ did that for me. And he put that payment to my account, and that's how I got saved. I was saved means I can't go to hell. I will not perish. I will never be lost. I'm going to heaven because I am saved. I believe Christ paid for my sins. If you believe Christ died and paid for your sins, and you accept that as your payment for your sins, God will give you as a free gift everlasting life. And you get to go to heaven when you die. Let's pray, shall we? Every head bowed and every eye closed and no one looking around. If you're here this morning, maybe you've never trusted the Lord. Maybe you just never understood. Why not right now in the quietness of this moment just talk to the Lord and say, Lord, I know I'm a sinner. But I believe Christ died and paid for my sins. And I will trust him as my Savior, as my only hope of going to heaven. And if, friend, if you'll do that, I'd like to know it. I'd like to have prayer for you. I'm not going to have you stand up or come forward. But right where you're sitting, say, Preacher, that made sense to me. And I will trust Christ as my only hope of going to heaven. And I'd like for you to pray for me. Would you just slip your hand up very quickly and put it right back down? Same with all. Same with all. Just slip it up very quickly. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to have you forward. If you have trusted Christ as your Savior, do you believe? God wants you to bear fruit. Now, you have to figure out how you're going to do it. Maybe you work with somebody, maybe like in Sunday school, maybe like in Awana, in a ministry that's seeking to win souls. Hey, you get credit for trying to help. Or maybe you can give toward missions. Or maybe you can take some tracks out of the back rack back there. Free. Won't cost you anything. Start dropping them around. Just sowing some seeds. You don't know what God's going to do. But every man can do something. Father, we thank you so much for this time together. Bless each one. We pray, Lord, your will to be done in the lives of each person here. And collectively as a whole, as our church seeks to walk with you and fulfill your purpose and design for us. We ask you to bless in the fellowship we'll have tomorrow and to realize that someone died in order for us to have the freedoms that we enjoy. But we're also thankful for the one that died on that cross so that we could have the freedom and the liberty from the law and from sin and from death. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.